BYU Cougar basketball is back in action. Marcelo, top of the key, into a triple. Yes! A.B. <laughs> for three. Let's get you ready to root on the boys in blue. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Pregame Live is sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, guiding members forward for more than 80 years. Cougar Pregame Live is also brought to you by Quick Quack Car Wash. Fast, clean, loved everywhere. Now, here's your host, Jason Shepard. What's up, Cougar fans? Good afternoon. Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding members forward for more than 80 years. Today, the BYU Cougars are in beautiful Malibu, California, to face the Pepperdine Waves for the second time in two games. Midweek, midweek day games are usually set aside for the postseason, yet here we are, and since this road game was actually supposed to be played back at the end of December, you get the games in when you can get the games in. And speaking of playing when you can, some news in regards to BYU's opponent on Saturday. BYU's home game against San Francisco on Saturday afternoon has been postponed due to COVID issues with the Dons. No date has been announced for a possible rescheduling. So as we know and as we have experienced so far this season, this is just kind of par for the course, the uncertainty of whether or not games will be played. Uh, I think BYU will at least try to see if they can get another game in. But as of right now, uh, there are no plans, uh, at least right now, to have something scheduled for Saturday. However, if that change changes, we will certainly make you aware of that. All right, as we mentioned, this is the second time in back-to-back games that these two teams will face each other. BYU beat Pepperdine back here in Provo on Saturday night, 65-54. to And it was a strange game for sure. We had both teams going through prolonged score, scoring slumps and then times when they couldn't miss. It really was a peaks and valleys type situation. We also saw Alex Barcelo not only not hit a field goal, but he also lost a tooth. A.B. was elbowed in the chompers and played most of the game with a chipped front tooth. We'll have more on Barcelo's dentistry adventures coming up in just a moment. But both teams shot well below their season averages, which is why you would expect both teams to play much better today. And it's going to be interesting to see how both teams adjust after playing just a few days ago. It's a it's rare to face the same team back-to-back in college hoops. For BYU, their objective defensively really doesn't change. You're still trying to slow down Colby Ross and Kessler Edwards. Edwards was held to almost half of his offensive production. And honestly, between the two, he's the guy I worry more about today, maybe even more than Ross. And Ross is the guy that's going to set everybody up. But Kessler Edwards is a big-time post player. And I I would look for him to come out pretty determined to uh, get that offensive production out. With that said, keeping both in check, certainly going to be a top priority for the Cougars to be victorious today in Malibu. Now, something to look at heading into today's matchup is that Barcelo and Harms combined for a total of 10 points on Thursday, and BYU still won. That obviously is the good part about that. The likelihood that those guys score that few points again is not something that seems very high. I expect both guys, especially Alex Barcelo, to bounce back today. Also, Trevin Nell 
has been playing really good basketball. He has increased his scoring average since being inserted into the starting lineup back uh, in the game in Moraga against St. Mary's. Before that, Trev was scoring just under five points per game. Since becoming a starter, he's now averaging seven points per game and coming off a season and career-high 12 points against the Waves. That also included a career-high four three-point field goals made. So Trevin playing really, really well in his new role and uh, certainly something that BYU can benefit if he can continue on that trajectory today. All right, as we mentioned, Alex Barcelo uh, went through quite a bit of pain on uh, Saturday when he got elbowed in the face. It was It was not... an intentional elbow, uh, but he got elbowed in the face and he lost part of a tooth. Uh, And of course, since he is our player pregame interview, I had to begin our conversation asking about the tooth. I certainly do not want the entire interview to focus on the tooth, but I got to ask you about the dentistry. Take me through the other night, you get elbowed, the tooth comes out. Did you know that the tooth was gone or at least partially gone? What what was the situation? Yeah, so I mean, it was a loose ball, and dude, once he elbowed me in the mouth, I kind of like went went off to the side, and my tooth just fell in my hand. So immediately, I turned to the, to Rob on the bench, and I was like, kind of showing him like like it came out, like I don't, I don't know what to do. Um, so I just walked over. He told me to give it to him. He put it in a little wrap, uh, try and keep it hydrated until I had time to go to the dentist after the game. But yeah, it was definitely a weird feeling. It's never happened to me before. And I was like, just praying that I'd end up looking somewhat the same um, just because I love to smile so much. So that was my main worry, but like, it wasn't anything serious, like, you know, my ankle or anything that would prevent me from playing. So I'm like, all right, I just got to stay locked in and I'll, I'll get this fixed as well as I can after the game. And uh, I'm so proud of the guys and how we handled uh, the, the game collectively as a group and uh, how, that we were able to pull out a win against a tough team in our conference. But yeah, after the game, usually like we all come out and stretch on the court and Rob was just like, hey, just shower. Don't worry about stretching. We're going to go straight to the dentist. Like I, 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 need to, I need to go right there. And it's like the one thing that's on my mind. I'm like, I, I hope Zoe will stay with me after this. <laughs> I got a broken smile. (laughs) Okay, so somebody that has seen you since it happened, they said if you didn't know about it, you would never know. Like, they did a great job. You would never know that you had part of your tooth missing. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I was so thankful for Dr. Morgan. And um, just, I mean, he was just so good and nice when I came in there. I'm like, man, it's almost like I think I got out around midnight. For him to be able to do that and kind of give up the rest of his night uh, to help me with it was just, I mean, it was a blessing for sure and helped relieve some of the stress that <laughs> I, I had on my shoulders. And um, no, I'm just so thankful. And yeah, I was looking in the mirror. Yeah, you can't even tell. And uh, I got really lucky. So I'm very thankful for that. I want to go back to something that you said a second ago in terms of the last game. It was really the collective and starting to see more and more of that in terms of you know, other guys, Trev is a, is a great example. You know, Trevin comes out and has got the, the perimeter shooting. You know, he's feeling it. And, you know, you end up with four points. Harms is below his average. But you had other guys step up. And, and we're starting to see more and more of that, that this team really is a team. No, it, it definitely is. And I think, like, we together as a group, you know, coaching staff, players, managers, like everyone in our program, knew that coming into the season we have a bunch of talent um you know obviously we have to build chemistry as the season goes on but um, we're a very high talented group 
And I'm just so proud of these guys because we really put, try to put aside our, our personal agendas every single day as, as hard of a battle as that is to, to better the team as a whole and to come out with those tough wins, um, whether it's, you know, someone having a, a great shooting night or someone having a high rebound night or someone that just can come in the game and, and lock up a, uh, an offensive player and just get as many stops as he can and, and change the game on the defensive side of the ball. Um, whatever it may be, I think like that these guys, like they, they've just done such a phenomenal job at, at coming in the gym every single day. And I mean, it may sound cliche, but like our, our motto is get better every day. And I think that's really what we try and focus on. And I think that's why we, you know, we've been doing pretty well uh, so far and why we're going to continue to do really well, I believe, is just because these guys just focus on that every single day, whatever we see in film that we can improve on, we really give 100% effort to go out there and, and try to fix it. Um, try to try to work on the things that we're not very good at, all of our weaknesses. We've gotten some tough wins and we've had some losses, but I really think that we're just learning and growing every day. You know, we're a young group. We don't have that many seniors, but everyone brings it. You know, everyone brings something different to the table. And I, I think we've been doing a really good job at, at meshing that together and um, coming together as a group. It is somewhat unique to face the same team back-to-back. -back. That doesn't happen all the time. What are the challenges when you face this, the same team back-to-back? -back? Um, obviously, it's the same scout. So we're going over the same film with the new film from our previous game of playing them. Um, kind of, you know, tweaking a couple things that we saw we could fix during the game. But they're, they're a tough team in our conference to beat. they got some high-talented guys. And, uh, you know, we just got to remain, like, stay focused, um, stay healthy, and uh, just just be prepared like we were coming into the, the first time we played them last week. I, I don't I don't doubt, you know, us, our, the guys, our coaching staff, like the way that they prepare us for uh, our each and every game, like whether we're playing the same team back to back or a different team, like the, the way that these coaches have us prepared um, is it, just phenomenal. And, you know, as a player, you love playing for a coaching staff like that because, you know, they're preparing you as much as you can be prepared coming into a game so you have all that confidence leading up to the game and then you just got to go out there and do it once once the tip off ab great stuff and uh, i'm glad that uh, that everything went well with the dentistry i'm glad that the smile's back because we need that we need ab <laughs> smiling that's yeah. for sure yeah i'm gonna be smiling tomorrow but i'll have a mouth guard in so <laughs> zoe told me i better get a mouth guard in or she she wouldn't <laughs> she wouldn't like it if i didn't get one <laughs> Yeah, see, Zoe's the one that's got to sign off on this. She's the one that's got to make sure everything still looks really good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here. I got, I'm supposed I'll to see, there we go. But... See, you can't even tell. AB, you're the best. I appreciate it, man. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Jason. All right, that was Alex Barcelo, and I had not seen AB um, since the incident with the tooth on Saturday night. So we obviously did that interview via Zoom, uh, but the entire interview, he had a mask on. So it wasn't until the very end where he pulled the uh, the mask down a little bit so I could see the smile. You really cannot tell. Fantastic job. If you didn't know that it happened, there, there would be nothing to tell you uh, that anything had happened. And he mentioned the mouthpiece. It sounds like, uh, and we were talking about this earlier today, uh, Jerem Jordan and I were on BYU Sports Nation, on BYU TV, uh, that it, I think about six BYU basketball players ended up getting mouth guards made. So this that's something you may you may see more guys wearing mouth guards today than than what you're used to. And look, why wouldn't you? You see somebody, you see one of your teammates get their their teeth, you know, a tooth chipped or knocked out. 
And, uh, yeah, I mean, nobody wants to deal with that. So you may see far more uh, mouthpieces and mouth guards on the floor today for BYU than what you're used to. But really do appreciate Alex taking a few minutes and, uh, and being willing to do that and have some fun with the, uh, with the conversation. And like you said, you know, the, the good news is the, the scout uh, really doesn't change a whole lot. You just add a little bit into what you saw in the previous game. And uh, certainly uh, both teams uh, will be making adjustments without question. But, well, I guess maybe the team that uh, is able to adjust uh, on the fly the quickest may be the one that uh, comes away victorious today. This season, BYU basketball and Mountain America Credit Union are changing lives. For each three-pointer BYU makes, Mountain America will donate $50 to the American Red Cross to help fund humanitarian services and programs. All right, coming up next, he's not going to be on the broadcast today, but that doesn't mean he's off the hook with our courtside conversation. He may not actually be courtside, but Mark Durant is going to join us next. This Cougar pregame live presented by Mountain America Credit Union continues on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's Jason Shepard with more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Yeah, grab some lunch, sit back, enjoy the broadcast. We've got BYU and Pepperdine coming your way in about 45 minutes. Greg Rubel will be on the call. Greg going solo from Firestone Fieldhouse. So that doesn't mean that Mark Durant is off the hook today. He's still going to join us, even though he's not going to be courtside. He is still joining us here on Cougar Pregame Live. Mark, uh, deciding to stay back on the uh, the very spacious grounds of Durant Manor in South Jordan instead of making the trip to Malibu. Uh, hi, Mark. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing great, Jason. Thank you. And uh, I may not be with Greg in person, but always <laughs> I'm with him in my heart, you know. I think we all feel that way. He's Greg is an inspiration to all of Cougar Nation. And, you know, as important as I like to think I am, I think Greg's going to be just fine on his own. He, he's never been one that's uh, had, been at a loss for words. Well, this is one of the things that has impressed me about BYU this season. There have been games where, you know, things weren't clicking for a while. You may, BYU may go through a little bit of a shooting slump, but it, at the end of the day, they find a way to win. And I think that is a great characteristic of any team that maybe when you're not playing your best, you still find a way to win. And I think that was a, a perfect example of that was the game Saturday against Pepperdine. I, I, you know, BYU did not shoot the ball well. Neither did Pepperdine. I would certainly expect both teams to shoot the ball better today. But I think that is a great characteristic of a winning team is when you're not at your best, you still find a way to win. I agree with that. And part of the, part of the reason BYU has done that this year aside from, you know, making good plays at the end of games. And, you know, that's obviously critically important to winning games. But the fact that they're so much better defensively this year means that they're going to be in the game in the first place. They're going to have a chance at the end. And, you know, you can have five or six or even ten minutes where you really struggle offensively. And yet after that, you're still in the game and have a chance to win the game. We see that, seen that quite a bit with this team, but when they've want, needed to buckle down defensively, they, they've been able to do it and been able to win the games. And whether it's the size inside or just a new, uh, you know, focus on defense and team defense, but that, that's really 
but it's getting them done, get, getting the games done for them. And it, it used to be that if BYU shot poorly, they're going to lose for sure. But now they can actually shoot poorly and win games because of the defensive end of things. And so I'm really impressed with BYU's defense. Of course, you have Harms back there, who's a game changer. Not a lot of easy shots for the opponents. Um, but everybody has stepped up their game. I think Spencer Johnson and Gideon George and Connor Harding are excellent defenders. And Brandon Averett is very quick on the on the guard line, so you're not getting beat by guards as much. And even if you do, you have harms back there. So uh, the defense is keeping them in games, and then just really good play at the end of the games by by certain players has has put them over the top for a victory. Well, and Harms has also proven that, you know what, if you push him out near the perimeter, if he has to take the turnaround fadeaway 20-footer, he can hit that too. <laughs> I think he's been wanting to show people he can <laughs> shoot that for a long time. And finally, you know, when you have the, the shot clock running out, you can shoot shots that the coach might otherwise disapprove of. And I used to always like it when the ball was in my hands near the end of the shot clock because then I knew I could shoot it and the coach wouldn't get mad at me for <laughs> shooting. But, uh, I mean, he hit it. And uh, he hit it. He hit a three a couple games ago. I think he, I think he takes a lot of pride in the fact that he can shoot. It hasn't worked out well for him from the three point line, uh, but I watch him in practice, and he can certainly hit them. And maybe those kind of shots will give him some confidence, so he can be a little bit more efficient from from distance. But that was a fun shot, big, big, important shot too. I mean, that was a big time of the game. Absolutely, BYU definitely needed that. You know, one of the other things that uh, has developed throughout the course of the year is the play of the bench starting to get uh, a lot of production Richard Harward certainly Caleb Lohner continues uh, to provide a really nice spark off the bench you know B BYU went with a lineup change a couple of games ago and Trevin Nell being put into the starting lineup you know his confidence has started to grow and I know that's something that he had talked about uh, on post game with you guys how his confidence continues to grow what else is factoring into Trevin's increased production since being put into the starting lineup? Well, you need minutes, and Trevin is now getting the minutes, and I think there's a certain confidence you get by the coach coming to you and say, we're going to start you in this game. I mean, it, it kind of validates a lot of the stuff you've been working on and your performance in practice. And, but I think it's about minutes. I mean, he, he didn't just automatically become a better shooter, uh, but – when you only play, say, five or six minutes and get one or two three sh threes up in a game, it's hard to get your confidence. It's hard to get a flow. But if you're playing 20, 25, 30 minutes, you're getting you know five or ten looks at the basket, and you get the feel of the game, uh, and you're able to kind of, even if you miss one or two, you kind of figure it out, and then you hit three or four in a row. And, and it, 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 for, for shooters especially, and I mean, it even goes back to what we're talking about with Matt Harms. I mean, I think he is a good three-point shooter, but if you only shoot one uh, every other game, then it's hard to get any kind of feel for it. But I think Trevin is a tremendous shooter, and uh, I think he's strong, which brings some, you know, bringing some strength to that three-spot or two-spot because, you know, a lot of times you're going up against a guy like Kessler Edwards, who's, who's so tall and strong, you need to be able to match that. So. Not only is he shooting better, but he's a good defender and he's strong out there on the perimeter, which helps BYU. So uh, I think his numbers will, will continue to go up as, the, as he gets more minutes and settles into that role and feels confident taking that shot. He, he looked really good the other night against Pepperdine. 
Talking with Mark Durant here on Cougar Pre-Game Live. Neither team was pleased with their play overall on Saturday. The good news for the Cougars is they were able to get the win and now looking for the two-game sweep over Pepperdine today. What adjustments do you expect, certainly from BYU, but from both teams? Yeah, you look at the shooting numbers, it's pretty miserable. Just 38% for BYU, 26% from the three-point line, and and Pepperdine was a lot worse. And so neither team should be pleased with that. I'm, But I, I think Pepperdine made a, a nice approach schematically against BYU in that their philosophy was we're going to be extremely physical with our big guys down low, really push harms and and, and company off the blocks, make them take a, a little tougher shot. Uh, hope, hopefully the referees won't call it too tight and then almost dare BYU to, to shoot the three. I think that's a pretty good approach because BYU has been very dominant inside and has not shot the well, ball particularly well from three. So BYU is going to have to address that. And how do you address that? Well, you know, maybe just have a mindset to be more physical, maybe try and run some screens to, to be able to catch the ball lower on the block and then make your move. But really the way to punish a team that's going to take that approach is to make your threes. And uh, we mentioned Trevin hit some, but everyone else is pretty miserable from the three-point line. Alex Barcelo needs to shoot much better from the three-point line. He's in a bit of a slump. That's weird to say about him because he's one of the best three-point shooters in the country. But he's he's been in a little bit of a slump, and maybe the tooth was was a problem for him the other day. But if they're going to leave open shots from three to, to be able to stop BYU's inside attack, they're going to have to knock down some and really punish them for that that approach. All right, Mark's Keys to the Game brought to you by Ken Garf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. They proudly present our Keys to the Game. Mark, we're going to miss hearing you on the broadcast, uh, but uh, hopefully you will enjoy your afternoon and you can cheer on the Cougars uh, from back here in Utah. Oh, man, I'll be cheering them on, and uh, I'm so excited about this team. This is a big game. If you can win two times in a row, especially on the road against a team like Pepperdine, you know, they're just going to be in such a good position going forward to to be that second team in the conference and get in the NCAA tournament. Thanks, my friend. Always great to talk with you. All right, brother. We'll see you later. All right, there we go. Mark Durant will not be on the broadcast today. Greg going solo from Firestone Fieldhouse in Malibu, California. After a quick timeout, we'll come back. We'll wrap things up. We'll preview what we do have in terms of other games for today. And then we'll get you out to Malibu and get you closer to tip-off between the Cougars and the Waves. More Cougar pregame live presented by Mountain America Credit Union coming your way next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Cougar Pregame Live with your host, Jason Shepard. All right, we're wrapping up Cougar Pregame Live. No games going on this afternoon in top 25 college hoops, but there is another local team that will be playing tonight, Utah State at UNLV. That game getting underway at 9 p.m. tonight. 
Also, BYU Women's Volleyball, they are in Portland. They swept the Pilots yesterday. They will play again this afternoon. We'll update you on that game coming up at halftime. Also at halftime, we'll go over BYU's metrics and where they stand in regards to the postseason. We'll get to all that coming up at halftime. But next, we're going to get you to Firestone Fieldhouse for the Cougar pregame coaches show with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. You're listening to BYU Basketball on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to get the inside scoop on today's game. This is the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show. Zions Bank. For a financial slam dunk, Zions Bank is for you. The Cougar Pregame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, guiding members forward for more than 80 years. Now, let's head back to the America First Credit Union courtside seats and join the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon, Cougar basketball fans. Welcome inside Firestone Fieldhouse in Malibu, California for a special Wednesday matinee. As today, the streaking BYU Cougars play at Pepperdine, seeking to extend a number of winning streaks, four games in a row overall, six straight wins over the Waves, including three in a row here in Malibu. I am Greg Grubel. I'll have your play-by-play call today. Coming to you from high above courtside in the rafters at Firestone Fieldhouse as a pandemic protocols have placed us at the top of the empty stands uh, this building like uh, most every venue this season remaining empty but for essential personnel as these two, uh, th- these two teams face off in a key conference clash BYU four and one and in the solo second place in the West Coast Conference the waves are two and two and currently in a stretch of a back-to-back games against BYU followed by a home game with Gonzaga but uh, the Waves could very well be a top-tier team by the end of the WCC campaign. It's just a brutal stretch for Pepperdine presently. So of their first six games in league, four will have been against BYU and Gonzaga. I am flying solo today here in L.A. Mark Durant will uh, rejoin me, or was to rejoin me, on Saturday when BYU was to have taken on San Francisco. That game will not happen. So we'll, we'll wait another game or two till we get Mark back on the headset. But a shout-out to Mark Durant back home as the Cougars take their show on the road today. Coming up after this break, we'll hear from BYU head coach Mark Pope as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues live from Firestone Fieldhouse in Malibu, California on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Tune to the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show. For more with head coach Mark Pope, let's rejoin your host, Greg Rubel. Coming to you from the shores of the Pacific Ocean, Malibu, California, and the campus of Pepperdine University, where today the 13-3 BYU Cougars visit the 6-7 and seven Waves. Second game in four days between these two teams. A Saturday night in Provo, the Cougs endured a 1-for-14 shooting stretch in the second half but hung on for a 65-54 win over the Waves. But as most games when BYU and Pepperdine are when they get together, it was a grind. The Cougars' 16-point second-half lead shrunk to a single possession at one point before BYU went on a game-sealing 8-0 run in the final three minutes. Time now for our pregame interview with head coach Mark Pope, brought to you by Zions Bank. For a financial slam dunk, Zions Bank is for you. We talked about just how tough it was to finally polish off Pepperdine and Provo and what it will take to win the rematch in Malibu. 
like we've talked about since we started this two-game series, this Pepperdine team is so dangerous offensively. They can score in spurts. Uh, you know, this Kessler Edwards can bang two or three threes in a row. Colby uh, Ross can get downhill at will. His mid-range game is spectacular. Uh, they, you know, so so they they are a scoring team. They're one of the top scoring teams, with the exception of our game at home. They're one of the top scoring teams in the league, and so they're really dangerous at all times for 40 minutes. What did you like? most from Saturday night and what do you want to see cleaned up for the second game yeah I thought our I thought our rim protection was pretty good for the most part we had a little stretch in the middle of the second half where our rim protection kind of went away on us a little bit I thought our transition defense was solid for most of the game although they'll run way harder here at home uh, kind of at sea level Um, so I liked it but I know we have to make major steps and I felt like our guys, uh, even though we didn't shoot it well, I actually felt like our guys passed the ball well. Our assist opportunities number was actually okay. Uh, we just didn't connect on as many shots as we're accustomed to. The possession number was low for them compared to their average. Was that an intention of yours, to take a few possessions off the game? No, I mean, that, it's never how we work. But if our defense is effective, you know, it's interesting. You think about average length of possession for us, the way we play. Average length of possession is really short defensively, and when we when it gets extended out to be longer on the defensive end, it actually means we're being really, really effective. And so um, on the defensive end, we would like to force them into like their second or third or fourth action before they feel like they get a clean look. I thought we did that uh, fairly well um, the other night. Kessler got going in the second half, but it was not a good shooting night for him. How much of that was down to your game plan against him? Well, there is a certain there's a certain level where you just there's nothing you can do with him. He's just you know great players to a certain extent. If they get to a certain level of their game, there's not much you can do with it. Um, but but we kind of did everything short of that and and kind of slowed him down for the first you know 25 minutes of the game and then he got going a little bit he got it going we had a couple of miscues they got some pace in transition uh and and things got a little tough you know one of the things was is kessler got his second foul in the first half and yeah. so he missed some minutes in the first half that was one of the things that kind of helped him stay containable in the first half i don't expect that uh, we'll have that good fortune again Colby Ross hadn't scored more than 10 points in the four games leading up to yours. Then he goes off for 21, and as importantly, he draws nine fouls yeah. in that game. When he senses his team needs him, that's a guy that can can hit the switch. Yeah, and he's he's so dangerous. He's he's been the best. Uh, he's been the most effective foul drawing player in our league for for years now. He um, and and you know he was also down from his average of 10 assists to four, right? And so. Um, you know, that's kind of the trade-off. He's such a dangerous player because if he wants to beat you as being a playmaker, he can do that. If he wants to beat you as being a scorer, as we saw last year in the WCC tournament against St. Mary's, you know, he can drop 45 on you. And so he's an incredibly multifaceted player, super dangerous. And, and on any given night, man, these guys could be such a handful. A.B. draws a ton of attention every night. He goes scoreless from the field against Pepperdine on Saturday but makes the four free throws that kind of seal the deal for you guys. Did they do anything special against him? Yeah, I mean, listen, they were, you know, one of the things, when Pepperdine's playing their best, they're incredibly physical. And I thought they brought that physicality all night long. I thought they were really good with that. You know, and I kind of give uh, Alex the same pass as Kessler Edwards a little bit. You know, Kessler Edwards was sitting on the bench with a couple fouls, and, and Alex Marcello was sitting on the bench trying to find his tooth. And, <laughs> and sometimes that's the nature of the game, and I expect both those guys to probably have a bigger impact on the game this time around. 
Maybe it's because you guys haven't lost a quad three or a quad four game yet since you've been the head coach here. People don't, maybe don't realize how tough it is to go, especially on the road in your league, and win the game that you're quote-unquote supposed to win. Listen, I mean, that's why that's why league play is so tough. It's a beautiful thing. Um, is, it, is it on any given night, any team in our league can beat any other team? Um, you know, with, with very few exceptions, uh, we have really, really dangerous teams in this league. And, 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 um, and so you have to find a way to come every single night believing that this is going to be the most difficult, most challenged game you've played all season. And that's a mantra of ours. It's something we take seriously. And even with that, sometimes, listen, th- that's why we play the game. Right, and so the great teams, the really special teams, find a way to limit uh, the number of those losses or miscues, or try and kind of toe the line as often as they can. And these guys have been successful doing that, but we have a long stretch here where we have to find a way. And you know, the the thing about this Pepperdine team is, you could take ninety percent of the teams in the country, and it's going to be a coin toss when they when they face them. They're just that explosive. They're a team that could beat just about anybody in the country on any given night, and they could probably lose to just about anybody on any given night. And so, this game is huge for us, and we have to find a way to do it. And that's what great teams do. They find a way. How much of find a way is part of this team's DNA now? Do you feel? I feel. Uh, you know, I've been really, really proud of this team's ability to redirect frustration. Um, we just are able to absorb a lot of frustration. Um, you know, part of part of the reason might be that we live in an area of frustration all the time, <laughs> just as the way we function on the floor. But but the way we can absorb frustration and not let it get us sideways, I think, has been a special character of this team. And and hopefully it'll continue. If it does, then we're going to continue to have success. It's a it, it's um like it's not something you talk about a lot but but this ability of a team to absorb frustration is an incredibly rare and special quality and and hopefully we'll keep doubling down on it coach appreciate the preview great stuff and we'll we'll talk to you post game thanks Rick. that is mark pope and today's zions bank cougar pregame coaches show if you're looking for an even more convenient way to shop at smith's do try smith's click list order online pick up curbside by the store Visit smithsfoodanddrug.com for details. Coming up next, it is the BYU Store Cougar Tip-Off Show, live from Malibu on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's almost time to hit the hardwood. This is the Cougar Tip-Off Show, brought to you by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Cougar Tip-Off Show is also brought to you by BYU Dining, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Also by Siegfried & Jensen. Siegfried & Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 30 years. Now let's head live to the America First Credit Union courtside seats and join Mark Durant alongside the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome inside Firestone Fieldhouse in Malibu, California, home of the Pepperdine Waves for a 48th season. This building will more or less be empty today. No fans in the stands for this one as BYU plays today to improve to 5-1 and one in WCC play for only the third time and the first time in eight years. Today's game uh, rescheduled from New Year's Eve when the Cougars were in the air on their way to L.A. when they found out their game with the Waves would be postponed due to COVID concerns in the Pepperdine program. BYU would go on to see its first three WCC games postponed 
all have been rescheduled, including a game next Tuesday at San Diego, and then a game six days later against Pacific and Provo. We now wait to see if Saturday's game with San Francisco was to be a home game in Provo, postponed due to COVID concerns at USF. We'll see if that game gets rescheduled. This is the BYU Store Cougar Tip-Off Show. Brought to you by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Greg Grubel solo on the headset today from high above courtside. Jason Shepard is our studio host. Our control board operator is Josh Sturgill. Terry South is our coordinating producer. Our BYU radio engineers are Sean Fay and Barry Squires. And our broadcast intern is Tyler Gibb. You are with us on the new skin, BYU Sports Network, headed by our satellite flagship, BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143 and 89.1 FM HD2. We are over the air on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM, and on network affiliates, as well as the BYU Cougars app, the BYU Radio app, the BYU Game Day app, plus BYUCougars.com slash live radio and BYURadio.org, so plenty of ways to listen in. And you can hear play-by-play archives and highlights on the BYU Basketball Podcast, so do search for and download that podcast, BYU Basketball. All right, I mentioned uh, no fans in the stands, and it's interesting because 11 months minus two days ago, BYU ended its 2019-20 regular season right here. And there was not an empty seat to be found. It was an electric atmosphere as BYU came in and picked up its ninth straight win of last season, late in the season. It turned out to be the final win for the Cougars before everything went away in the postseason. We flash forward now, and the Cougs are now playing for a fifth straight win in this season. And as they uh, did last year, they're on pace for a, a berth in the NCAA tournament that we're confident will be played this year. Now, BYU is firmly in practically every bracket projection, and as a single-digit entry in many, it truly has been remarkable what Mark Pope and the Cougs have accomplished over the last two seasons under him. And we're, of course, crossing our fingers that uh, the team will uh, go on to earn the postseason reward that was withheld from last season's squad. But so far, so good. 13-3 and through 16 games, 4-1. and in the WCC. Coming up after our break, we'll hear from Pepperdine head coach Lorenzo Romar as the BYU Store Cougar Tip-Off show continues live from Firestone Fieldhouse in Malibu on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Tip-Off show. Let's head back live courtside and join Greg Rubel. All right, the BYU and Pepperdine coming up. Cougs beat the Waves 65-54 on Saturday in Provo. Waves played really poorly in the first half. Came back in the second half before losing by 11. In a Zoom interview I conducted with the coach, Lorenzo Romar, yesterday, I asked if he was more disappointed in the way the game in Provo began or more pleased with how his guys responded in making it a game down the stretch. Probably a little bit of both. Uh, uh, BYU, did, BYU did a very good job of protecting the rim, made it difficult around the basket, and uh, from the outside, we weren't able to knock shots down, and uh, they're a team that's too good to to overcome if you're not able to do that. When you break down that one for eighteen stretch there in the first half, what did you see? Was it a lot of rim protection, or what were you observing? There was some rim protection. There was some uh, just couldn't make shots. You know, a little bit of both uh, uh, in, in that stretch. Colby Ross scores twenty one. He draws nine fouls. When things aren't going right, he's usually a guy that can get you where you want to be. Yeah, he uh, has been doing a good job this year of 
distributing the ball and taking over when he needs to. And that was a great example of that in, in the BYU game. He didn't shoot the ball early on. He was trying to set his teammates up. The ball wasn't going down. So then he became more aggressive to put it on himself, to take it upon himself to score points. Back-to-back doubles last week for Kessler, Kessler Edwards. Uh, not a great shooting night at BYU, but he actually got you back in the game really in that second half. And he wins a WCC Player of the Week honors uh, as a result for his efforts last week. Yeah, he kind of caught fire in the second half and started playing the way he had played the, the, the uh, game before. Uh, Kessler's having a phenomenal year for us. He's doing a really good job. And uh, hopefully uh, he, he'll bounce back uh, the next time we, we play for both halves. The job you did on Alex Barcelo, scoreless from the field on Saturday night. And Matt Harms actually had kind of a quiet night, did do a great job around the rim, makes a big shot late, of course, that kind of helps seal the deal. Maybe your work on those two guys and how important it was for you in that game and will be uh, again. Well, it will. I mean, their games, one of the games, I think Matt went nine for nine and just didn't miss. And he's so tall, it's hard to get to his shot. They do a good job of getting him around the basket, allowing him to to make shots and Alex missed a few open ones that he doesn't normally miss. So I would anticipate both of those guys will come back and have better games. Hopefully not too much better. You've been in the Marriott center when it's, it's rocking. Uh, and now you played a game in the Marriott center when there was no one there. What are your impressions having played a game in that environment on Saturday night? Well, well I think your administration athletic department did a great job of trying to simulate somewhat uh, a game simulation, you know, the, the noise that was that was there that was going blaring through the speakers wasn't quite the same, but it did give you somewhat of an atmosphere and just the way the place was structured. I thought I thought you guys did a good job of uh, making it as close to a game like experience as you could. And there haven't been any fans at Pepperdine this year. Is that correct as well? That's correct. Any change expected between now and the end of the season or is it too tough to tell? No, I don't think so. I think as long as students aren't allowed to come back on campus, I don't think they'll allow fans at, at the game. What are the most important things you think that really need to change for you to get the result you want here in the rematch? For starters, uh, we, we have to make shots. Uh, we get those open looks. We've got to be able to knock them down. But we have to continue to try to concentrate defensively because uh, BYU is an explosive offensive team. And if we let our foot off the gas at all, then we could make shots and still not come out on top. So we're going to have to guard as well. That is Pepperdine head coach Lorenzo Romar. BYU fans, whatever financial products and services you need to take care of yourself, your family, or your business, America First is here to help. To find out more, visit AmericaFirst.com today. Our look ahead to BYU and Pepperdine continues on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Tip-Off Show. Let's rejoin Craig Rubel. BYU and Pepperdine just after the top of the hour. Very rare weekday noon tip-off here in the Pacific time zone. However, you're making this broadcast a part of your day. Glad you're with us from Malibu. It's a hard thing to do to win every game you're supposed to win. So BYU's 22-0 record under Mark Pope in quad three and quad four games is one very big reason the Cougs are pacing for a berth in the NCAA tournament. Today's quad three game at Pepperdine, just the latest challenge to that perfect record. The final word before tip-off is next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.